happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday! Our little friends. Our little pod pigs. That's became a name and I don't know why it has, but it's I love it. I like it a pod lot. Pod piggies, poddy pigs. But pod you love pigs. pigs too. I know, but I just feel like it's the PP, it's the alliteration, is that what you call that? And I also like people now texting us, messaging us saying a lot on your plate, but A-L-O-Y-P. Yep. It's cute, isn't it? I actually noticed we put that in the description for the last one and we shortened it, so now I feel that's what we'll do moving forward. Yeah. Like, new, we're kind of like... Fancy. What's the word? I don't know. Anyway, we'll start by talking about our spit or swallow this week. Mm-hmm. It was a last-minute purchase. This is just a little something I picked up um, at the shop, but the sun was shining and it's a raspberry beer. Love that for you. From a company called Six Degree North. Oh, I've heard of this. I've never heard of it. It's born in Belgium, brewed in Scotland. Love that. Right, here Keeping we go. Keeping it local. We need a drink for this episode. It's going to be juicy. Jesus, it just splashed all over me. Mm. Interesting. That's quite nice, actually. Mm. Oh, very beer-like. It's great beer weather as well. Today is a great day. That's actually... I don't even... I don't know if I can even taste a raspberry, can you? Yeah, I can. Mm. It's like sweet to the taste at the very end. Hmm. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Well, on this <clears throat> lovely day, the topic is the big life. bad world of influencing. Life of an influencer. Dum dum dum. And I know some of you might be thinking that it's me that we're talking about, because obviously, <laughs> as you all know, she's I'm, famous. I'm an influencer now, <laughs> but it's actually not. Sadly, um, it's Jessica Ted's mm-hmm. Just Jess Food. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be blazer on for the occasion. And actually, so da, <laughs> very professional. Thanks for joining me, in my podcast, Jess. How do you feel to be here? I do. I've been a bit nervous, you know. <laughs> I have. I'm like, fuck. I'm getting grilled. You feel nervous for your own podcast? I, That's I, do a you shame. know what it is. I just really want this to come across as well as I intend it to. I feel like you've got a job here to like change perspective. <laughs> Not to put the pressure on, but I feel like it's oh. a good opportunity. It's a good chance. Yeah. Anyway, stop talking shit. We'll get I it. just feel like this podcast, we really wanted to make it interesting because we've mentioned before that Zoe also works on the other side of influencing. So we feel like we can give it from both perspectives. Mm. And I can just be honest with a few things. We can talk about how it all works, how I got into it, which is really interesting. Um, how I make money. Um, the longevity of it, just loads of things, lots of questions. You had so many questions come in and lots of them were pretty the same. <laughs> but People just went in all the fucking gossip. They want to know the juicy details, yeah. But Nosy I, little bitches. I feel like we need to talk about all the nitty gritty as well because it is quite interesting. It's the new wave of marketing, shall we say. And it's, yeah. It's, People are growing up saying, I want to be an influencer. Yeah, and that's definitely something that I did not do. No, I do actually think it's quite concerning because I don't think these young kids are seeing it for the right reasons. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm going to be doing the questioning, yeah. the grilling, shall we say. Um, but I'll, you know, pipe in where necessary. Yeah, please do. So anyway, first things first. Can you tell us a bit about your background? What your career path has been? Mm. What led you to this? Because there's connections here. So we want there to know is. where the connections yeah. lie. I think it's important that we sort of start with this base so we can kind yep. of understand why it was such a gamble to do what Absolutely. I do. Absolutely. Go for it. <laughs> You're up. So, right. Where should we start? Should we start from the very beginning? Very and keep good it brief place to start. Um, we'll start from the beginning of work life then. Mm-hmm. So I'm from Leicester. Um, grew up with my mum. <laughs> Single parent household. <laughs> and um, my mother was a chef by trade and she owned a sandwich shop called Polly's Pantry. Oi, oi. It was on a very popular road in Leicester called the Narborough Road um, for about six years. But she thinks she started it when I was 13. Every single Saturday, she'd give me 20 quid. I was balling. Um, and I think that is where like my confidence started for sure because... I wasn't shy kid at all. I've actually always been quite ambitious and just a nutter. Mm. And all my friends will tell you I've always been like that. Um, but I always said to my mum that I, my name would be in lights one day. 
I wanted to be a vet. I wanted to be a movie star. I wanted to be everything. But I didn't know. I did not want to work in a cob shop. Cob shop is what we call it, by the way. Right, <laughs> bit of Leicester slang yeah. coming out. And I think pulling me out of bed every morning, she was like, you are a little rat. And we argued like cat and dog. But anyway, I worked there every Saturday and she used to make me go out the front to serve all the, the people. And the Narva mm-hmm. Road, unless anyone listening that knows, it ain't cute. It can be a, a little bit, bit of a rough, bit rough. Edges, right, sometimes. Okay. And all the builders would come in and all the like chavvy boys, which I used to love still do obviously <laughs> and they used to come in and I used to be like shit it myself and mum would be like get out there now and go and fucking serve them she wouldn't swear at me like that but sometimes she did and I'd be like oh but I think then just it got to the point where years later I ended up they ended up being quite nervous around me because I was just had all the bands I knew how mm-hmm. to deal with men from a very young age and I just think it was um that definitely helped me be confident it also got me around food a lot I used to make all the sandwiches. um, And yeah, I learned a lot with my mum actually from that time. But my path that I wanted to go on was fashion. And I knew I always wanted to work at Next Head Offices in Leicester. Mm -hmm. I used to drive by every morning to the cob shop. And I used to always say to my mum, my mum listened to this, she'll piss herself. But I used to say to her, I'll work there one day. I knew I would work there. And she was like, I know you will. And I didn't end up working there, but I kind of did. But we can go on to that a little bit later. And... I ended up um, wanting to work in retail to start my path. So again, at college at this point, um, I never wanted to go to uni, it just wasn't for me. Um, And then I was 15 and I applied for River Island. So I worked there for a couple of years, then went on to Guess, you know, like Guess Mm -hmm. jeans. I worked at Guess for a further two years, full time um, in the summer, but then went on to fashion college. So I studied fashion design and marketing at Leicester College. Mm-hmm. Um, did a stint in Magaluf, had a toxic relationship and just fucked off and stayed out there for three months. Great time. Um, <laughs> and then came back and I ended up working for David Lloyd. But I also, in between this, I was always had minimum two jobs at every single point of my life. Um, I worked in loads of bars in Leicester and I also did like hostessing bar work in between. And then my dad then made me get a job in the food and beverage part of David Lloyd. It was like the bigger David Lloyd. So mm-hmm. it was quite fancy actually. I worked there for a few years and then got promoted to front of house, a rece- borderline receptionist. It was, it was good. But then one day um, I got approved for the Fashion Retail Academy in London. So it was Philip Green. Academy, thank God I didn't end up going there. But it got deferred for a year. So within that year, I decided to work full-time at David Lloyd. And then my mum messaged me one day, like, oh, there's a job in the paper, and it is for a fashion admin. And it's a for a company that's supplied to Next Head Office. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean supply? I didn't understand how, how fashion worked, yep. to be honest. Um, she's like, you know what, just go for the interview. So I ended up going for the interview. Uh, no, I ended up, mum said to me, this is, this is why my mum was hand on heart, the best for this. She was like, don't email your CV, you go and hand it in person. And I was like, no, I, I don't do that. That is such a mum thing to see, <laughs> Yeah, she's like, I don't dare do that. And she was like, it's literally <clears> five <throat> minutes up the road in this beautiful, it was called Desford Hall, it was beautiful. She's like, you go and hand that CV in now. <laughs> so I did. Uh, she dropped me off, lol. <clears throat> Good drive at the time, I don't think. Maybe I could, I can't remember. <clears throat> no, I must have done, I must have just passed. And... A girl, this is this is why my party life did me wonders. A girl that I used to have the occasional siggy sig in the nightclub that I used to work in was out was standing at the door called Charlotte. Bless her heart. And she was like, Jess, I was like, Charlotte. She was like, Are you applying for this job? I was like, Yeah, she was like, I fucking love it. Um, I was like, I'm nervous. So anyway, I handed my CV in and got an interview and I was up against three other people who all had degrees. Mm-hmm. I thought, I ain't got a chance here. And I had to do a SWOT analysis. Did you study fashion? Yeah. So I had to do like a SWOT analysis on next menswear trousers. Strengths, weaknesses. I, you know what? I couldn't even tell you what that means threats now. Threats and... You're younger than me. You should know this. <laughs> Achievements? Let's say it's that. So I did this SWOT analysis on these <laughs> men's trousers. So I just basically had to compare like other um, comparative like shopping and stuff and fabrics and all that. And yeah, I got the job. And Wow, congratulations. Thank you. And she said to me, it was between you and all these people degrees. And I thought that just goes to show you, if anyone listens to this podcast, it might be quite young. You do not need a degree 
to get far in life at Especially all. not in that kind of industry. No, but usually you do though. It was quite mm. heard of actually. And she did, she made that quite clear that, right, okay. you know, I was, not that I was lucky, but I worked from the very bottom. My very first day in the office, I was pulling staples out of loads of files. I think I did that for the full week. It wasn't <laughs> until Charlotte ended up leaving for next head office that my boss came into me one day and she went, oh, um, right, pack your bag as you're going to Bangladesh. I think I was 23 at the time. I was like, what? Um, she also gave me a project as well to start my own swimwear line. So she said, we want, they started doing men's trousers. That's what they specialised in. But she was like, you need to, we want to start doing swimwear. So you need to go and source all the factories, source all the fabrics yourself. Obviously, I had no idea how to do any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a fabric tech in-house, um, garment tech, everything. So I had a really small, good team. Um, and yeah, ended up getting my first 2000 unit order with Next within like the first six months. And I still remember what the swim shot looked like. It was featured in like men's GQ, it was so sick. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And hand on heart now, even I think of all these jobs that I've had past this, that was definitely my favorite job ever. Um, cut a long story short, I ended up traveling all over the world with her, with Kate, um, LA, Bangladesh, Vietnam, China. Is Bangladesh a place you went a lot? Yeah, I was there a lot. I used to mm-hmm. spend like th- three, four, mm, maybe 10 days at a time, but then I'd come home for like three, four weeks and then go back mm-hmm. um, quite a lot. And then I ended up going on my own. I think I was probably, if you asked any, like next, would have, if I worked for Next, I remember I worked for a supplier. Mm-hmm. Next would have never, ever have sent anybody on their own to a third world country without some so- someone with them. Yeah. Um, so I think that also helped me with my confidence. I was pushed straight into the deep end. I was on the factory floor. People used to love, I used to love it. And I loved them so much. Um, I think I told you this, but Saif, who used to look after me out there, sadly passed away. Mm-hmm. So he was like the person that looked after me out there. Anyway, I ended up then moving to London, doing the same job. She was like, right, everyone, I'm shutting up shop. I'm moving to London. And I was like, wait, I want to move. And she was like, so everyone lost their job. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm coming with you. So I was like her right-hand woman for years. Um, moved to London, still the same company, but we changed names. Ended up getting much bigger people like ASOS, Tesco, Primark. Used to go over to Dublin, Pennies a lot. Um, ASOS office was, it was in Marlborough in the office. So mm-hmm. ASOS was around the corner. Burton's at the time was bang opposite. Got Had a great relationship with all the buyers. Used to present to them all. So yeah, I had a very good job. Met a boy, fell in love, and then moved to Scotland. Oh, said boy is Richard. Said boy is Richard, yeah. Right, duh. okay. I was getting that negative connotation no. when you said met a boy no. at the start there. But as you can probably tell, like, career was everything, everything to me. I lived the life in London. I met some of my best friends there, and I didn't really want to move for anybody. But with his job in football at the time, there was, there was no discussion of who could... Like, he couldn't move anywhere for me. It had to yeah. be the other way around. So I sacrificed, I felt like, quite a big thing for him. I moved to Scotland. But anyway, what I said to him was, I ain't moving until I've got a job. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's what I was going to say. You didn't move and then just set about. No, 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 no. I was not leaving London until I found a job. And then, luckily for you guys, you have a bank holiday here that England don't have. No, sorry, no, the other way around. England have a bank holiday that you don't have. Mm-hmm. So I came up to see Richard that weekend, but your op- the office was working what I applied for, and I was off. And it was quiz where we met. And I got good old days. Good old days, yeah. And I got offered a very good job actually um, in the international department doing the wholesale, so managing all sorts of Amazon was my main account, and then Macy's, Lord and Taylor, big big accounts. And I used to no way near travelled as much, so I missed that so much, mm-hmm. but. I travelled a lot to New York, which you know, which is where our friendship blossomed. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like where I was at. And then I think we discussed this a little bit in last week's podcast, but I am quite ambitious and I stopped learning and I was brain numb. <laughs> Sat at my desk twiddling my thumbs. Like I, I couldn't fucking bear it a second longer. And you moved at this point mm-hmm. to where you are now. And I said, is there any jobs going? It was actually uh, Leslie that helped me as well. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, there is a position here potentially in the sales department. Would you move over? And I was like, I'd love to have the opportunity for an interview. And it was in beauty, which I loved. And also 
I fucking buzzed off Isle of Paradise, didn't I? I yeah. was a mad fan of the tan anyway. So I was like, I'd love to work for them. And then, yeah, I ended up getting, a, again, a really good job um, in the sales department looking after the distributors in Europe and Australia. My first day in the office, the owner of the company came over and said, what are you doing on Saturday? And I was like, nothing. Well, my friend was coming up to see him. I was like, nothing. <laughs> and he was like, do you, want, do you want to go to Australia for two and a half weeks? I was like, what the fuck? Like, it was a place I dreamt of going forever. And yeah, and then I went and then, no, then I went to uh, Amsterdam a week after. So mm -hmm. I had like four weeks in the office and then big bad COVID came along and fucked my life up. All of our lives up. And then... I know it was annoying, annoying timing really, wasn't it? Not yeah. now. Not now, but no. at the time. So yeah, that was basically my story. And then... Um, at what point in that situation, COVID hit, mm -hmm. then you came out of COVID not working there anymore. So what happened? Yeah. What made you decide to leave? What made you decide to go full-time okay. influencer? Yeah. So I think I worked there for a, just over a year. So I think it was mm -hmm. 13 months. Um, I handed my notice in exactly a year, actually. And what happened was, as we can obviously tell, I'm like a social butterfly. I thrived in situations where I was around people. I could sell to people. I'm not very good on computers. I'm not very good with a lot of things, but I'm very good at people. Mm -hmm. And I think that was something that I missed a lot. I was a shell of myself. I felt like I didn't know anyone in my office except you. I know a few people, but my, my team, like I never- You didn't I'm, really get the time to actually get to know people and then you just had to keep talking to them over a screen. Like it's, yeah. that is hard. Zoom, yeah. And it was just, it was honestly a dark time. And I don't want to sit here and be like, play a little violin because I think we had, at least we had a job. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful that we didn't have to be put on furlough or lose our job. But it was difficult. I'd have anxiety if I left the house because I'd be scared my boss would call me. Like, it was, and it was hard. And I kind of like wished to learn so much and it was very difficult. Like my boss at the time was spreadsheet heavy and it was it was a, a lot to take in. Um, and also it's a very fast paced business. So it's, mm -hmm. it's high pressure. And remember I, my accounts were online. I was looking at, I have to look fantastic in ASOS and in COVID, they were the highest performing <clears throat> um, partners at the time, like turning over massive amounts of money. Yeah. So it was a lot of pressure on my head. And I think I was just, I crumbled under it and I just didn't enjoy it. If, if I was in the office, I think I still would have been there now, like definitely because the travel aspect of it was what I wanted. The, the I would have traveled so much with that yeah. job. And that's what I miss the most about being in London with my old, old job. Um, so anyway, one day, it was on the 4th of January, I still remember, the Monday that you're going back after Christmas, and my mum had sent me a pink wheelie chair to my house with like gold wheels. <laughs> and I was moaning that I was having a sore back and she's like, I bought you this chair. And we need to also remember, I probably missed out a big part, that when I moved to Scotland, I started Just Just Food Instagram. So that was 2017, but this is, to 2020 we're talking yeah. about now. Um, I was posting organically all my recipes every day, being consistent, but I had the occasional job here and there, but not anywhere like now. Um, but it was doing quite well in COVID. So mm -hmm. everyone was learning to home cook. Everybody needed to find recipes and my page just blew up. You also had more time like to focus on as well. Yeah. Would well, you remember, Zoe, when... September 2020, I hit 100K and you took that picture of me in my, in my living room. Yeah, I remember. And it was the first time I'd ever showed my face on the grid. I'd never posted my <gasps> face on Instagram. It's mad so to think that, isn't it? Yeah. So like, it just goes to show like I you never- You really didn't post yourself at all no. for all that time. No, I, I hated completely it. forgot that was ever a thing. Yeah, I hated it. I still do. I remember <laughs> taking the pictures, honestly, as if it was yesterday. I know, it feels like yesterday. And you had the big like, like cake thing. All those amazing companies sent me. I felt so spoiled that day. What the fuck? It was amazing. Yeah, you were quite like overwhelmed. I was so by overwhelmed. I remember that. Everyone was so nice. So yeah, I hit 100k in COVID. It just went. It went wild. It was already quite big before COVID. I can't even remember. Maybe like 40k. Yeah, I feel you went from kind of like maybe between 40 and 60 something like that to yeah, 100 to 100 quick. really quick. Yeah. yeah. Um. So things, opportunities were coming. Like it was great, but. Anyway, back to this pink chair. It's very vivid in my brain. I was sitting on it earlier before this, typing up some notes, and I was like, wow, we've done full circle. And uh, <laughs> I've been through a lot with that chair. Yeah. And honestly, this might sound quite deep, 
and it's going to sound strange, but I was putting the nails in the chair to build it and I was roaring my eyes out. Like, I actually forgot to think about it, but I was roaring my eyes out doing it. Like, this chair is not going to make me happy. Why am I, well, why am I welling up? Like, <laughs> this, I am, because I was thinking at that time, like, that chair is not going to make me happy at all. So I'm thinking I had a test. I know. <laughs> We're getting emotional. Why are we getting emotional? I think it's the beer. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> and I was... Anyway, I was like, this chair is not going to make me happy. And I was on good money as well at that job. And I just got a good Christmas bonus. Well, we all got a bonus, didn't mm -hmm. we? It was okay. And I had a little bit of money set aside. And I thought, I, no amount of money is going to make me happy. I'm not happy in this job. I'm not happy in this COVID situation. And something had to change. And I was yeah. like, I, I can't do it a moment longer. And the thing is with me is I am so um, spontaneous and impulsive. Yeah, if I get something in my head, that is it. It's final. And I had a Zoom call with um, my line manager at the time, Mark. And he said to me, he's like, you are not happy. He knew. He's like, you're not happy. I was like, I'm not happy. He was like, well, leave then. And I was like, well, I'm going to. Okay. <laughs> and then he was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I'm leaving He's like, well, don't you want to sleep on it? I was like, no. I'm ringing my main boss at six o'clock. And Richard came home. This is so funny, this bit. And he came home and he knew I, he knew I was down for a while. And he was like, um, what, like, what's going on? And I was roaring, obviously. And he was, I was like, listen, I, I've got this feeling that I'm going to start doing my, my Instagram full time. Mm -hmm. I know if I can give it my all, I know I can make this work. I've got this feeling in my body that I can make it work. And he was like, well... At first, typical Richard, quite square, he was like, well, how will, how will we cover the mortgage? And I was like, well, you might have to cover the mortgage for me for a couple of months, but I'm, I can promise you now, I know that I'll make this work. And he was like, well, I'll have you back, I'll support you. I was like, I have a little bit of money to pay a little bit, but because mm -hmm. I, I had no savings. I used to fucking live on my overdraft for years. Like I had no, not a pot to piss in my whole life. And I was like, right, well, just trust me. And then he then agreed. And I kid you not, Zoe, like, this sounds so embarrassing. I've never had this feeling ever in my life, but something took over my body. I swear, it was fucking weird. I was shaking. And I was like, I know this is the right thing, but it was like, I think it was pure adrenaline. Yeah. And I was like, be. I felt like free. Sounds so cringe, I know, but I was like, and Richie was laughing at me because I was like laughing and crying at the same time. Like, <laughs> I was like, I just know this is the right thing to do. And I promise you, I won't let you down. And he was like, no, I don't. I know you won't. And then. Honest to God, never looked back. Like, hand, rang my boss at six o'clock. I was like, see you. And then um, left a month later. And then I started Just Yes full time on February the 3rd, 2021. Yep. So just over two years ago? Yep. And what a long way you've come. Yeah. Honestly, it's been a whirlwind. The best thing you've ever done? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, I do worry about the longevity of Instagram. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm gonna get old. But you can cook until you're 70. <laughs> I can. There's a lot of things that I want. I want, there's a lot of things I want to do and. Yeah, that's out with that. Yeah, and yeah, it's just, it, it's definitely the best thing I've done, yeah. But like I said to you, I have the skills and the passion to go back to a job that I've loved so much if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. my, my boss at the time, who, who I said I worked with a long, long time, she said she'd have me back tomorrow. And she works at a very good company at the moment. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't, but I'm just saying. It's yeah, good I, to think, know. I think when you go self-employed or when you're thinking about it, mm. people are like, and what will happen? And I'm like, you do forget you could just go back to a job. Of course. It's different if you've just been out of work for months because yeah. you didn't want to do anything, you've got nothing on your CV, but if you were doing something in between, you'd get a job, no bother. Exactly, and I do think like you you got to take these risks in life if you're so unhappy in things and you never want to be thinking like, what if? Because more so than likely you will succeed in what you want if the passion's there and mm -hmm. if the drive's there. And that is how I felt. I was so hungry for it and I knew I'd make it work. I had to make it work. I, yeah. I had a mortgage. I had no option. So, and like now, you know, Richard's contract's coming to an end. It's like, I might have to be the breadwinner and that's fine. I'm comfortable knowing that I that's fine now. Yeah. And the rules to cut the switched. Yeah. And just to say, like, he never, by the way, he never lent me a single penny. Like, me saying he would help me two months, he, to this day, he's never done it. I love that for you. Yeah. He 
never had to. But he was, he was going to, and that's the whole point. He was going Very to support independent me. independent woman. Great, great man. And does it feel like work? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes not. Like, I love the freedom that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the, the lack of routine, though. Me and my undiagnosed ADHD cannot handle no routine. It's a big struggles. Mm, I think we have established that, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we might have mentioned more than a couple of times the struggles we have yeah. with that. It's a, it's a big we... struggle. And also, I think what we need to remember as well, we have this job, a lot of people don't understand is, I can't just sh- shut my laptop and my brain just switch off for the day. Mm-hmm. Like, it is constant. Constant, constant something. The to-do list is always constant because content creation is always something. You always need to be bigger and better. You always need to be posting or doing something. You need to, The DMs are out of control. And I always try and re- my best to reply to everyone. You know, it's not like I'm getting paid to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't get paid to do a lot of things on my page, but I do it out of enjoyment, like the gift guides or all yeah. my in-depth travel stories. I don't get paid a dime for any of that, but I do it because... I love it. And I think that part doesn't feel like work because I'm, I'm doing something I enjoy. Yeah. And that's what people, that's kind of content people are used to seeing from you. So they're, yeah. that's like what they like you for. Yeah. So you can just stop all that and no. all do the paid stuff. I, but I enjoy doing it. Like we all know like when we go out as a friendship <coughs> group, like I love organising stuff. If, if there's a holiday, mm-hmm. I'm the one that's like, right, I'll plan. I take big enjoyment out of that sort of stuff. Yeah. If I can make money from that, then I'd love it. So what does a typical working week look like then? Give us like a brief or even like what's this week been like so far? Well, this week's probably a good example because it's actually been quite busy. But last week was fucking shambles. What did I do last week? And I was in London last week, wasn't I? I can't remember. See, this mm. is what I mean. When you work for yourself, you don't even I know, know the, I can't remember the day. Um, so this week, Monday, I'll be honest with you, I, I slept on the sofa that night. So I had a really bad night's sleep because of my cough. So I think I stayed in bed till like, half nine ten on Monday that was quite a bad day for me see I just don't even think that sounds that late it is though when I, the problem is I get guilt because I think everyone else is up working from like nine till five I know true I suppose it's like how you feel at the weekend you don't want to ruin your weekends yeah sleeping let's actually have a look at my calendar because I'm I, believe it or not I'm very organized with my calendar I live by it um you are that thing really keeps you right yeah it does um so Tuesday was yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah. So I was in the kitchen all day yesterday doing a brief job that I'm working on at the moment. Uh, this morning I got up first time ever and did a 6am class at Wynn. Lol. And then I went straight to Pilates. See, I did think, why up at that time? Because I had a new, I had a busy day today and I but really, that's good. I'm back in it. I'm back in the swing of CrossFit and I thought, I had yesterday off, I think... No, I was here in yesterday with Richard. You were in last night, were you not? You Don't were? Know. Yeah, I think I was. You were? My goodness. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. And then uh, today, I uh, then collected my friends from the airport, came home, I finished the, the second part of the job that I needed to do, and then all afternoon I did the editing of that, still not finished it, and then I wrote up some notes for today's podcast. Um... Oh, Monday night, it was editing some videos for us. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I also, sorry, Monday morning, I edited the amazing vodka pasta reel. That was good, wasn't so it? So you did. Mm-hmm. That was good. Yeah. So that was that. Then tomorrow, I've got a PT in the morning, um, quite early. And then I've got to go to a cafe and write my Herald article. So that is needing to be sent. Um, and then Friday, I'm off to London with you. For yeah, a fun indeed. weekend. But see, so what I took from that, right, which I think is very important. No days is, the same. Yeah, no days the same, but also you're working in the night. Yeah, I, I am. So that comes Does back Richard's to, like, heading. people probably think, maybe see you at your PT at, like, 11 and think, oh, like, this is me being what I would be like if yeah. I saw... So, like an influencer if I wasn't as close to it and kind of knew the ins and outs if I see people out and about I think I wish I was at Pilates at 12 or whatever yeah. like I'm in my work I know, I've, yeah. I've already done half a day but actually yeah you're maybe doing that and starting your day later but then you're working all night that's just because Whereas we're all I'm drilled. on my couch watching the telly at night yeah and I don't do that 
I get guilty as hell. Yeah. Anyone that's self-employed listening to this will know that you feel guilt if you do anything pleasurable. Mm -hmm. I, I, that's something I need to work on massively. I need to learn how to switch off because I just really, I think I could be sat here doing, um, I don't know, editing that recipe. And I just, yeah. I, I end up do, go, going so, getting myself so worked up that I end up not doing anything at all. I end up not doing anything on my phone or not watching anything on the TV. And I'm like, I've just, just wasted, uh, my, yeah. wasted an hour. I also think because influencers do a lot of their stuff on their phone, you're on your phone anyway. Yeah. As a human being that lives in the, 2023 right you're on your phone so you're naturally going to just feel like oh I could just do that just now yeah whereas if you work in an office and you don't have access to that stuff you physically can't do that at night yeah so there's just like there's not really a barrier there the uh, yeah. way there is with a lot of typical exactly jobs so I do miss that part of the of jobs of, of nine to five jobs it should I say yeah I think it's just about getting a better routine you know I oh, know it's two years on though and I've still not cracked but if it. I was in your position I know I would be the same like, it's all fine and well saying, get up at this time, set your hours and all that. Mm. I would probably be the same as you. Yeah, I, I have to be honest, though. I was very much up at the crack of dawn when, before COVID, COVID got me into that slog of a lifestyle. Mm. million percent. I wasn't a get up and be, like, ready to start my work. I was, like, a roll onto my laptop and maybe get my shower and all that at, like, lunchtime. Yeah, same. But I was never like that before, though. So I would bad. get myself ready for the office and I'd be in my car with my coffee, listening to my tunes, down yeah. the M8, loving life. And it just, it's, it was, it's definitely made people lazy. Yeah, I think um, so. But, yeah, sorry. And um, I would quite like to know your thoughts on the term influencer and the stigma around this being people's jobs. Yeah. It's a shame, actually, because the stigma is a bit like um, wag, and I'm both of these, a wag and a fucking influencer, so I fucked it. But what's so funny is you couldn't be further from the stigma around both of the things. I know. And I know I can only speak for myself on this podcast. Like, there is probably so many people that don't mind being called an influencer, mm -hmm. and they don't mind being called a wag. Um, but I don't live by the stigma of a wag, and I don't live by the... I don't think of an influencer. <coughs> Although I influence people, but as we've established, like, I didn't... This wasn't my job this wasn't my dream job I never destined to do this I just did something so well and was passionate about it that it ended up becoming that yeah um so yeah I don't like calling myself an influencer I don't really know what to call it like a content creator but I think there's so much like I need to try and big myself up a bit but I feel like there's so much more to me and maybe loads of influencers more than just that label like I've got so much to give than just sitting on the internet telling you to buy something like it, yeah I think there's so much more behind it like there's like the podcast, for example, this is also a massive part of our lives now. Mm -hmm. um, now I'm writing for the Herald every month, which is amazing. I've done a few cool hosting jobs. I've been on TV adverts. Um, I've had other filming opportunities. I've done like corporate company Zoom calls with like Estee Lauder and Mulberry in lockdown. That was so cool. Travel content. Um, I work closely every month with Arnold Clark, where I provide their head office with recipes and stuff. Yeah. So when people ask you what you do, do you feel judgment there? Do you feel like Ken is just saying an influencer? What what yeah. do you then describe yourself as? Yeah, I do actually. It's funny because I was in London last week, and I was at um, this restaurant, and a, f a friend of a friend was there and asked me what I did, and I literally was like, ebdi, ebdi, ooh, ooh. <laughs> and then my friend butted in Alice, and she went, "She's fucking smashing it." So that's what she's trying to say. She's fucking smashing it at life, and I was like, "You know Aww, what? I, I know, love that." And I was like, "You know what? I am actually." I was like. I'm a content creator. She's like, oh, so like an influencer. I was like, yeah, like that's what you think then, yeah. I was like, mm. I just felt like so embarrassed to say influencer because like I've said, there's so much more to me than the stigma. And yeah. it's, I don't want to sit here and say, well, actually I do this, 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 and this. So yeah, just, you just, you want a quick answer. You don't want any again in a fucking yeah. ring day. Yeah, I'm just working on an online platform. Fuck knows, honestly. So mm. yeah, the answer to that is yeah. I, I do cringe a little, but I shouldn't though. I should be proud. Everyone should be proud. Oh yeah, there's a lot of self motivation that. But just to build it up to be able to do it full time, mm. it takes a lot of graft to do that. Like I, di I didn't just get it overnight. It was a to build that sort of trust of following and it's be consistent. Back in the day, I was posting every day. It was take, it takes a lot to get there. Yeah. And how do you keep a balance between influencer life and personal life? I don't. I'll just merge into one. Is this like, are we talking like, um, how do I switch off or how do I keep like private? 
I think probably private. Okay, well, I would say I'm quite a private person in some aspects of my life. I don't post a lot of things on Just Jess Food. No. Um, and there's probably a lot of people on listening to this that will know that my Jess Ted's Insta is private. Um, and I know I've got a lot of people on there anyway, but it's been private for nearly three years. Mm-hmm. And that was because I had some very... I don't get any hate, by the way. So this is something like, I know that's a big that's a big subject with influencers, but I'm quite lucky, touch wood, that I've actually had nothing but lovely people follow me, thank God. Um, I had the occasional dickhead in my DMs, but it's nothing that's bothered me that much. But weirdly, I had a strange, strange um, few messages three years ago, and it was on my personal account, and it was about my personal life. Mm-hmm. And it freaked me out. So I've got trust issues. So that's why I don't accept no one. I think there's a probably about... 6,000 friend requests on that thing. I remember you saying that. And I feel bad because I want people to be on that, but I'm just, I've got serious trust issues on it now. I'm like, no, you could be, you could be a fake. You, even yeah. though they could follow me on Just Jess Food, I'm just like, nah. And what, maybe I'll change my mind one day because I, I actually don't give a fuck what people think about me, which we said before, but the stuff that they were saying was like stalkerish. And I was like, ugh. Yeah. And it, it just made, it freaked me out for a long time. I also feel like you don't post. As a person, like I feel like all of like our friend group are quite similar. We're not the type of person that would post pure personal shit on our Instagram anyway. No. Do you know what I mean? You're yeah. not going to post that you're having a bad day. No. Like and all that kind of stuff or no. really personal information. No. No one really should do that to an extent. Yeah. Like obviously there's very like open and honest accounts out there about like mental health and all that kind of stuff and that's great for them. But I mean more like personal details about like, your relationship or yeah. family or not. Whether on like Facebook like, and addition all the dirt about the ex. Yeah, like I just feel like, oh God. that just causes drama. Who yeah. can be arsed? Drama. I think drama. it's just attention seeking to an extent. I know. Especially on Facebook. Some of the stuff I see on there I'm like, Jesus Christ. I mean who still writes a Facebook stash? <laughs> exactly. I mean? Apart for your dad. <laughs> he does. My dad loves it as well. My dad loves a picture of his pint. His pint? His pint. Aww. That's so it'll be at the pub waiting on a friend or like waiting on Amanda or whatever. And it'll just it'll... tag like his location and at yeah. them. And sometimes like I'll get a tag in it, but I'm not there. <laughs> oh, because he's wishing you were. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, Zoe, look what I'm doing. I don't know what it is. Oh, that's, probably, that's adorable. He'll listen to this and be like, why are you talking shit with me again? <laughs> um, and in terms of like financial, the financial side of it. Money, money, money. Everyone wants to know, obviously. I'm fucking minted, mate. I'm not. I'm kidding. You're absolutely balling. <laughs> not. Um, what made in a financial way? What made you feel comfortable enough to leave um, your full time employment? You're obviously used to a salary. Yeah. You're used to that payday every month. Yeah. And you've left I know. that. It behind. was a big gamble, and and I think it was one of those things where I was like, Jesus Christ. Um, but um, basically, the first time I left I had I can I can give you the figure of this I don't mind sharing a few nitty-gritty bits but um it was a huge supermarket one of the best wanted to work with me and it was uh 500 pound actually they wanted to pay me for I can't remember what it was at the time might have been a recipe back then Mm -hmm. and I thought oh my god like 500 quid and I thought you know what if I could get three of these jobs a month even just two, because yeah. my outgoings is, is over a thousand pounds a month. And I was like, even if I can just get two, um, I've got that covered, and yeah. I can just uh, scrimp and scrape and just keep grafting until it gets better. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that that's what I just, I just honestly just be self belief. I knew I could make it work, and then some help from you because you looked at my rate card and laughed, and basically said that I was doing shit for free. Well, that's exactly what was happening actually. <laughs> And for anyone who's thinking about going self-employed, then what... So you didn't really leave your work with, like... No, I didn't. I honestly did gamble. I didn't leave. Yeah. I had a little bit of savings, but... Um, I, I honestly, hand and heart, couldn't tell you what I earn. I have an accountant, and she's amazing, and I, I she could probably tell me, but I've not actually asked. But um, it differs. Like, one month... I think it was March last year. I can't remember... And March, April, I invoiced £900 for the two months. And as mm-hmm. I've just said, my outgoings every month was a grand. Luckily, other months were bigger. So yeah. you sort of live each month. You have a bigger month and then you know you're going to have like smaller months. Black Friday and Christmas is massive time for anyone online. Yeah, And I think that 
everyone's rates are ramped up and you have a, a lump sum of money if you know if you've worked with some good brands and then that will see you through because no brands they're all re-looking at their marketing strategies for the January, February. Yeah. No one's worked with influencers for at least six weeks. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the gamble do they want to work with me again for this year? Oh, I don't know. So you 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 just gotta be careful with your money. Really. Yeah. Because yeah. I think if I was to think about doing it, hmm. I would expect or I would want to have some savings behind my, you. My almost like my salary per month just now already lined up essentially yeah but that's because that's what i'm used to but i feel like there's probably a happy medium yeah i think i had like three grand in my savings mm-hmm. which so you had a bit of backup yeah can't remember but i think it was around that it's quite decent that yeah three grand in your savings yeah but it was a bonus i know but i would just spunk that I probably did on christmas presents and far I too just, generous i love spending money so much anyway <laughs> Um, and quite a serious financial question. Does being self-employed, especially with the term influencer say, yeah. make it hard if you were applying for things such as a mortgage, car, a um, loan or, or whatever? Is that what you would put as your employment term? You would put digital creator. Right. So, yeah. There'll so be there is actually that do it. There's thousands of people in the world that do it. Hundreds of thousands of people. No, I know, but I think someone was just asking in terms of, like, is that actually an option to put that yeah, of course. as your uh, job role? As I said before, I had my mortgage before I went self-employed. Yeah. Thank God. But you would need to, I think people probably know this, but you would need to have two years of worth of books mm-hmm. with your accountant being self-employed and you need to pay yourself a, a decent enough wage to get yourself sure a mortgage. So, yeah, I... I I'm currently wanting to get a second, I say second property. I'd like to get a bigger house in the hope that I could keep my flat. Yeah. Um, that might not financially be possible, but I hope so. But in this t- in this time frame, when I next reapply for whatever, how it works, I will be self-employed and Richard may have a different job or I don't know what if, if he'll be employed. Who knows? So <laughs> we need to have either a big lump sum of deposit or God knows. So I'll... I'll tell you all that when I come to it because I actually don't know. I suppose know. it's just something to think about, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm nowhere near being able to afford that anytime soon but that is the goal. That's the kind of thing that I just need other people to deal with. Mm. Like that's not they something would do that it. I have patience or any interest in trying to solve for myself. So I need a good accountant. Absolutely. Um, briefly touched on this but how do you know what to charge for posts? If you didn't have me what, what was your thought before me? <laughs> Free? Great! <laughs> I love your stuff. Um, <laughs> Does it differ depending on what people ask you for? Um, so I would say ballpark um, for anyone starting out, definitely know your worth and understand the brief and yep. definitely work out what the deliverables are that they're asking, time, um, how much it will cost you to even like buy the goods that you need to get or whatnot. Um, <clears throat> make sure it's something that you, you love, which we'll touch base on in a bit. Um but I remember back in the day I was told that it was around 10% of your following that you would charge for a grid post. That has changed, but... Uh, well, it doesn't change. It depends on your engagement now because obviously there's so much insights that companies can see. I mean, it definitely used to be on following. <laughs> yeah, and now it's, and now it's not at all. Not. Like, followers do not matter. Anyone that's listening to this does not matter. I think I'm at quite a sweet spot. A lot of people that I follow, that I love, that I engage with, have around 150 or less thousand or less followers Mm -hmm. to as low as 5K. Yeah. And their content and engagement, Instagram, love it. They keep you in the algorithm high. Anything, anyone that I follow that's got a million followers, which isn't many. So that's just how the algorithm sadly works. Um, And yeah, I just think it's all now about your engagement. And mine's pretty high, actually. But I think that is because, sorry, I keep coughing. I've kind of worked out why my engagement's high. And I think, A, because I I think my content's nice. But also, it's like a recipe book. People are constantly going on that page and saving it and Mm -hmm. going around their weekly shop looking at a picture. And so... My page is probably up on so many people's phones every evening and I might not have posted all that day. That's a ve- very good, very well done working that out. Yeah, it's got to be that. No, I think you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I'm onto something. Very smart. That's why people like gym, people that work in gyms and like fitness people, if they have like a, um, 
It's like anyone who has any sort of tutorials yeah. or whatever. T- anything to tu- tutorial, yeah. How do you say that? Tutorial. 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 So that's Tutorial. a good bit of advice for you. <laughs> right, okay, well, a bit of a ballpark and, yeah, the rates, the rates thing is mad, but definitely don't undershell yourself. No, know your worth. I also think if you've got people around you that either work in the industry or are in the same boat as you and do, like, influencer and whatever... Just ask if you can have an honest conversation about it. I know people don't like to talk about money and blah, blah, blah. It's awkward, whatever. But if it's someone that's reasonably close to you, yeah. that gives you, it lets you gauge yeah. what sort of ballpark you should be looking at. Because it's very up and down. And our DMs are always open if you want to ask us from each perspective. I'll definitely help. I get loads of people messaging me, like food blogs, asking me how to start out. And all I say is, post what you love. <laughs> be authentic. <laughs> That is a very, very important point. It is. Um, and do you find it difficult coming up with new posts and content ideas? With 100%. It's exhausting. Mm. And then bring put TikTok into the mix. I can't be arsed. I'm old. And do you feel like looking at other people helps, but then you just put uh, your own twist on it? No. So what or I do you try to avoid doing like that? Putting, yeah. Putting, when I watch other people's story, um, content, like in my... I'm always on my explore page. Is that what it's called now? You know, your feed where it's not your main feed. It's the one where it's like the search yep. tab. Because there's loads of amazing content creators out there that have the best lighting and camera equipment. Um, and that's all it is down to. It's just mm-hmm. a decent lighting and camera. It doesn't actually matter what the fuck you're making, really. Um, if you edit it well, you're, you're sweet. But yeah, I sometimes look at it and I feel I feel bad. I'm like, I wish mine was like that. But then I think to myself, well, I've done well because my content's this way and I can't constantly compare. So yeah, I get inspiration from a lot of things, but I would definitely say that try and stick to your own niche. I would say I was, I never found anybody else that did the step-by-step carousel mm-hmm. uh, meal thing before I did. Hand on heart, I don't know anyone that did that. But I think that's why people love it, because it's so easy. And reels, you can't pause them. People still like static images. Mm-hmm. Reels perform better on the algorithm, but my static imagery gets saved more and made more. I people, need a static if I'm making a meal. I, million percent. I don't know enough information about cooking to watch a reel yeah. and be able to piece that yeah. together. People make my recipes way more if it's a static than a reel. A reel, probably, they probably won't really make it. But people like pictures. Mm. Everyone's attention span on the internet is so short now. You need a visual. You need pop. a visual, you, you yeah. Just need, the information needs to come. I actually have a stat. A lot of people need to see the inf- the information in something like 0.0, maybe another zero or maybe not, one second. Yeah. So say if you're a brand, for example, and you're trying to say, hey, yeah, there's 50% off this today, you need to say at the start, 50% off and that's it. Yeah, by the way, I was watching some um, like strategy thing or whatever on, because there's loads of cool... Reels coming out now on Instagram, like mm-hmm. people, how they can grow their Instagram. And they were saying, if you don't engage your audience in the first three seconds, you're a goner. everyone's gone. I'm like that on TikTok as well. If they don't engage me in that first few seconds, I'm like, flip. Yeah. People watch videos for such a small yeah. amount of time. So that's another so little tip for you. What about the socialising aspect of being an influencer? fucking raging bitch that I've met in the industry? Is that what you want to know? No, because I probably know the information you're not going to tell. You're not going to tell anyone. No, I, but, I'm not going to say that. I anyway. mean, how do you find the socialising? Do you like the networking? Do you find it awkward? Um, I would say Instagram is a very lonely job. Like, I spend a lot of time on my own. I would say it's quite a lonely job. So, um, because I'm not in, like, fashion influencing, I don't get invited to anywhere near as many events as mm-hmm. what they do. However, I do get invited to a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. You know, because you see my emails endless restaurant invites launch nights experiences i don't go to 99 percent of them you don't <laughs> i'm bad but but the reason for that is i used to but it's the same crowd which is not a problem but you don't get the true restaurant experience when it's a launch night for a start so Very that true, annoys yeah. me i'd rather pay for it myself and then wish to post about it or not mm-hmm. um and I just feel like they're quite exhausting. Small talk for me is, is is hard for the for the head, and yeah. But I wanted to speak about actually um, when we were talking about imposter syndrome last episode. You'll know this. I got invited to. 
Ibiza last summer with Isle of Paradise. Mm -hmm. And it was with big influences that were in the fashion world. So people I hadn't mixed with before. And some of the girls I'd followed for years. And ha Zoe, how much was I shitting myself? Yeah, actually, I would have never drank. I couldn't, like, even though I have so much belief in myself and I knew I was worth that spot and that trip, I just didn't feel like I was. I was like, they're going to literally be like, who's this food blogger? What's she doing here? Do you also think, because bearing in mind Jess worked there before, so you knew the staff from the brand Yes, going. that was the only comfort that I had. No, see, I think if I was in that situation, that would make me feel more nervous. Because oh, really? Because they're I think, watching you. Uh -huh, like, I think when you know people a situation like that, it's actually better if you know no one and you can almost be like, not a fake version of yourself. But yeah, you can, of course. You can pretend to be a confident version of yourself. I think it must have been weird for the girls that work for Isle of Paradise, like once I worked for them and now they're taking me on an influence trip. Must be like, what You've absolutely fuck? fucking nailed it there. Tell you that for free. <laughs> they were like, what the hell? But what I will say is like, the difference, when I was there, I thought, you know what? I, I, by the way, I ended up having and probably one of the best trips of my life and I made friends for life on that trip and I, I had to worry about nothing. Like everyone was so welcoming to me and of, obviously, and I'll probably say that, yeah, I just, I just had the best time. But on that trip, because um, I love, you know, Isle of Paradise so much, ended up, um, it wasn't in my deliverables. So we can talk about that when we talk about what companies ask for, but the deliverables on the trip were post every day, what, mm -hmm. whatnot. But Jules Von Hepp, who is the founder, was on the trip. And I thought, you know what? Like, what would my followers want? Surely they would want to hear from the founder themselves, like a tan routine. So I said to him, like, obviously, I was like, Jules, do you want to call <coughs> my stories? So out of my comfort zone. But I thought, I want to perform well for this brand because I love it. And we, we had to perform well for them as well because mm -hmm. that's what we were there for. And yeah, I got him on my stories and we did a tutorial and it was, I think Rosie Ted, it was like the highest link click stories that we had on the trip pretty much. And it yeah. did so well for them because that's what people want to see. Like people don't give a fuck about me f posing in the mirror and all that with my little tan. Yeah, that's cute. But if I'm actually like telling people educational stuff about how to apply tan flawlessly, that's clear. People are going to love it. Mm -hmm. And I just, you need to use your initiative and actually be passionate about these brands when they take you on these trips because ultimately if you perform well for them, they'll want to work with you again and again. And I, yeah, and exactly. I, and I do work with Isla Paradise over and over. Yeah. Because I love it. Like anything that I promote, if you, people will just see right through you, if, right through you if you don't. Agree. And speaking of deliverables. Yeah. What is a transaction with a brand like then when you've got a content deal with them? What's it like from start to finish? What does that consist of? What's the communication? Mm. What do you need to do? What do they need to do? Yeah. So um, I think it's probably important to say that rarely I've ever reached out to a brand. I'm quite lucky in that sense. Yeah. I've had a lot of my work over the years because they've approached me, mm -hmm. which is lucky. And I know a lot of people do. Like I actually sat down with you, to be fair, and I gave you a list of people that I want to work with, which is what managements do. They sit with their... They sit with their whoever, their influence, and they say, right, what are your dream brands you want to work with? And then their job is to then go and, like, outreach them. Mm -hmm. um, me and Zoe did that briefly, but to be honest with you, we've had quite a lot of jobs, haven't we? But mm -hmm. um, So how it works is somebody would email, and then now Zoe, because Zoe's been working with me now for, like, six months, maybe a bit longer. don't know, but maybe I'll work it out so that I can get my one-year bonus. <laughs> She's Soon. fucking pulling everything out of me this one <laughs> and um so yeah so they would then email and then i get, do get access to my emails zoe doesn't have like full access but she'd be like right this person's emailed what do you want to work with them and i'd be like right i'd be like yes or no um and if it's a yes we'll then discuss the content deliverables the date that i need to post see if i'm available we would then look through contracts we'd read through all of the nitty gritty bits where well, you would do that. Mm -hmm. And then the brief, I would then look through that. Um, and then I'd go away and then I, it depends what it is. It totally depends what it is. So let's say it's a recipe, for example, I'll then go away and film it. I then have to edit it, send it to the, the people with my caption um, and my stories or links or whatever. They would then approve it. They'd send my edits. I'd then edit it back. Or sometimes I've had to remake a few things, which is a ball ache. Yeah. Um, and then you get an approval. And then you're good to go. And then when you've posted it, you have to then send your insights. Yeah. There's a lot more to it than that, but that's sort of baseline. But I think even that shows that it's a much more long-winded 
process than people probably assume. Yeah. And how would you go about turning down an opportunity? And do you turn down opportunities? Well, you know, you know, because you can say. That's the big question. <laughs> um, I'm a fussy fucker. <laughs> I am, always have been. This week, just this week, um, and I'm not slagging these, by the way, it just wasn't right for me, and I'll explain. Um, Iron Brew came in, and I said to you, um, number one, I don't drink it. I like it, but I don't drink it. Yeah. And I felt like it was worthy more for a Scottish person to promote it for the campaign that it was. Mm -hmm. And it was good money. And I just felt like this doesn't make sense to me. I mm -hmm. won't enjoy doing this content. And I'm not going to pass off that I drink Iron Brew every day because I don't. I'm a Coke Zero girl. And I think, and I said to mm -hmm. you, I was like, listen, I'm not going to do it. And I actually ended up giving a person's name who I thought was well suited to who loves it and they were over the fucking moon and the brand said yeah they will work with them and they did and made it made their day so that was one that I didn't do and I've still got a good relationship with the people I was speaking to I was just politely like I'm sorry it's not me they understood yeah last question before we just do a couple of like, yeah. just a quick fire ones what do you do then for say you have went to a restaurant yeah to experience it yeah you didn't enjoy it yeah I wouldn't post at all wouldn't slam a restaurant yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Unless I had something good to say. Yeah, but that's, that's my so golden you, rule. You do go and have experiences that you don't post about because yeah, loads. The bottom line is about one last week. You wouldn't talk about something you didn't like. No, I don't want to um, damage a business. Everyone's a business at the end of the day, and I wouldn't want to damage them unless I had something good to say. But also, you wouldn't post about it pretending you like it. Is what I mean. Oh no! Fuck no. Whereas I think regardless of whether people like an experience because they've been invited and... That's why you need to say to these brands before you go, There's no can I come but no obligation to post? I will post if I want to. Yeah. That's what you have to say. But yeah, no, I, I'm quite fair with my restaurant reviews, which I don't... I think I, I'm easily pleased. But I think if I go there and something was bad, I will say this was bad, but this was good. If everything was bad, which isn't often, I wouldn't just post it at all. I, I'm not yeah. going to waste my time and I'm not going to... Uh, hurt their business either because it might have just been a bad experience for me yeah exactly right well on to some very quick yeah quick fire because we've been speaking for 10 yes. hours first one best trip or event you've ever been taken on by a brand ibiza isle of paradise gorgeous best freebie or a pr package the co-op crisps oh <laughs> and then they got a big sack of cabris one year as well do you remember that that was the most chocolate I've ever seen in my life. That was unbelievable. I actually ended up having to give that a lot of that away because I felt guilty, but mm. yeah. Dream brand to work with? Oh, more travel boards would be amazing. Okay. And Le Creuset. Oh, very high maintenance, yeah. Yeah, but I love it. Would a high, a very, very high sum of money say something like a million pounds, right? Oh, yeah. Too high, yeah. take it back. 500 grand, say yeah. maybe. Would that, would you promote anything for that? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no. I w well, it depends what it is. It depends what it is. No, but I mean, like... If it was, like, shit on my shoe? Yeah, would it matter what it was? Would you just do anything for no. that money? Oh, if, if they're like, I'm not telling you what it is, but... Yeah, no, I wouldn't, know. But okay, no, I probably... No, I, I'd have to know what it is before I said yeah. Yeah, so you just wouldn't do anything for money? No, is what no, no, no. The conclusion we're getting? Yeah, no. Thoughts on influencers selling clothes or items they've got for free? Shade. On like Venti, Depop. What they do with their life doesn't concern me and it shouldn't anyone else. <sighs> Going to just be a bit of an arsehole for a minute. Okay, um, I, honestly, I have no feelings towards it. I couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> okay, but perfect. What I will say is, can I just explain slightly? I've got a little, t little time. One second. I understand it pisses people off, but also... My friend from home does it and she gets gifted loads of stuff for free, but she then sells them on Depop and it puts a roof over her head with her child, like feeds feeds them. She doesn't get paid posts, she gets gifted stuff. Yeah. So fair fucks to her, mate. You gotta do what you gotta do. Absolutely. Ever used your name to get something for free? Do you know who I am? No, mate, never. What time do you get up in the morning, Jess? <laughs> On average. Midday. <laughs> Uh, twice a week, half six. The rest of the week, fuck knows. One p.m. <laughs> no, maybe about maybe about half eight. 
Mm, lies. Um, <laughs> best and or worst influence you've ever met? Oh, I've got a few. Okay, so best. Does Julie count? She's my friend. I can't believe Julie's I wasn't number one, but yeah. Well, obviously you. Julie is my friend before she was a big time influencer. So her, um, absolutely love um, Alicia LeMay. She's now one of my really good friends. Yep. Uh, Jamie Genevieve was, I felt like me and her have been friends for a lifetime. She's just one of those people, I think. Worst, um, like you can name, name drop I, someone. I can't though. I genuinely can't think of someone that's worse. Yeah, what I will say is there's people that I've met that aren't as what they seem on Instagram. That's quite common. No, give us a name then. Just loads of people. There's loads of people that I'm like, you're not really as, I don't mean looks wise, I mean like as happy as you make out and stuff. Mate, with a shaman in your head. I'm not us. saying. Sorry. No Mate, tea from shake. me. I can't. Imagine if someone said that about me in a podcast. That's stink as fuck. No. Not doing Boring. It. Ever been dropped by a brand after a deal was confirmed? No. The person who asked this actually said, for naughty behaviour. What do they know that I don't? <laughs> um, no, I haven't. Um, uh, no, not for naughty behaviour, no, but Bob, the first Barbados trip got dropped, didn't it? But they they obviously made that yeah, happen eventually. You, wasn't. Yeah, from the top of my head, no. There's probably been ones that haven't happened. They're like, oh, sorry, this is not happening anymore, but... Mm -hmm. Like nothing to do with you? No, no. If you could be anything in the world, what would you be? A full-time crazy cat lady. And right, that's pathetic. And probably an actress. Actress is what I've always wanted to do. Mm. I'd love that. Well, gorgeous, I loved that episode. Thanks very much for coming on my podcast. Thanks, Zoe. Your podcast is amazing. I'm a massive fan. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks very much. <sighs> that was fun. And we'll see you all next Tuesday. Yeah, let us know if you want to know any more information on anything. And yeah, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Love ya. Bye.